Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, back to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. I am your host, Andrew, and of course, I got my co-host, Matt, here with me. We are going to continue right along with our position review for the New York Jets, looking ahead to the 2023 season. Today, we're going to take a look at the safety position after the offensive line, arguably the most important position still needed to be filled on the team. The Jet safeties were not that great in 2022, despite how well their defense played as a whole. They're also going to be losing a starter in Marcus Joyner, who's an unrestricted free agent with his age and salary beforehand. Seems unlikely that he's going to return, let alone his play on the field. Jordan Whitehead, as a, a B-tier signing last year, had a pretty solid first season, but nothing absolutely amazing. Certainly not uh, a guaranteed to be keeping this position long term. I think he's got it pretty much set in stone for this next coming year. But after that, he only signed a two year deal and it might be time for another new safety in 2024. Matt, let's jump right into this. Looking at the guys we had, I already mentioned Joyner being an unrestricted free agent. I already mentioned Jordan Whitehead as the other starter there. Let's talk about the guys we have lower on the roster. Go ahead and fill us in on the few really handful of guys we have at backup that doesn't seem like they have much of a future with this team. Not really. So we have Ashton Davis, uh, who might be a, a worth a cut at this point. I mean, I feel like he's very much underwhelmed from uh, what we are expecting him to be uh, when we draft him. Uh, and right now, we would get, I think, about two point seven million back uh, if we if we cut him. Uh, so I could see us doing away with him and using that money to bring in somebody else. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about that later. How there's a plethora of names out there. Uh, then you have Will Parks and Tony Adams, uh, who were nice uh, 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 kind of flyers that we uh, that we brought in that really made a play, made a home on this roster. Uh, but neither one of them really stood out as like guys that you would really want to count on to have any significant role. I think they're okay to have around as depth guys that you, that know the system that can come in off the bench, uh, especially Will Parks. I feel like he came in a, a couple times and really made some, some nice plays. Uh, but when given uh, a, a bigger breadth of, of, uh, of snaps, he really kind of, you know, fell back to the average uh, maybe, but maybe some more time him and Tony Adams uh, can make a, a, a bigger name for themselves. Uh, but as of right now, we can't count on that. So again, that's just leaves Whitehead as really the sole guy with any real uh, solid experience. Uh, if you ask most people, 
about Whitehead last year, they would have been very disappointed. Or I th- I think they just had their hopes a little too high because I think that his play last year kind of fell towards his average. Uh, he kind of looked exactly the way he's done most of his career. Uh, people wanted to get on his missed tackles, but even his missed tackles were right in line with the average of every year. Uh, he averages around uh, he has a, a career 15.2% uh, uh, missed tackle rate and he had 15.6. So maybe just a little bit higher, but around the same. Um, and even all the other snap, uh, stats as far as yards per reception or uh, reception percentage, he was right around average. So I'm not going to really fault him for playing the way he's always played. Uh and you know what? I'm fine with that. I, I think he did well enough. I think another year in the system might benefit him. Maybe he does a, even a little bit better. Uh, can we do better? Absolutely. Uh, and I think we need to do better. And I think a lot of that will fall on free agency. Yeah, I think the same thing. And I think that's the perfect way to transition to this free agent class. I haven't gone through and looked at the entirety of the NFL and position by position to know how much availability is going to be there. But at least in terms of the safety position, there is a a good bit of names, a plethora, as you mentioned, of guys that are veterans that are going to be up as free agents. First and foremost, let's start at the top. There's two names really in our, our A tier of free agent safeties that could be available that are likely going to be the best possible options and perform the best on the field, but at the same time will also likely cost the most uh, money and might be too much for the Jets to want to invest. We're talking top of the market, top five at their position paid annually safeties. First and foremost, Jesse Bates in Cincinnati, a guy that I feel like Jets fans have been familiar with for years now, where he's been up for a contract and had the franchise tag, I believe, last year. Uh, Free safety who can also play man, great range deep, great ball skills, great instincts, plenty of pass deflections and interceptions in his short career, and he's still young. You know, he's only 25, I believe, is, and he'll only be right now, he'll only be 26 at the start of next season. Mm-hmm. And he's already a, a well seasoned veteran. I think looking at the Jets' safety position, this is going to be something that we're going to reference going back and forth, talking about fits for this team. The one thing that at least stuck out to me more than anything else, and I know you agree with this, Matt, our safeties need to play man to man. That it is going to happen at some point or another when the Jets are going to get in their third and long situation and they're going to want to send that blitz, whether it's cover zero, cover one, you know, any sort of drop coverage, whatever. You're going to have safeties lined up on receivers in man to man coverage one on one and they're going to have to go out and win. So it is a huge, you know, ticking point in the checklist of what are we looking for for Jets safeties in 2023. It seems counterintuitive, but number one for me is man to man skills. Where I, if you got to be able to play zone, absolutely. You got to be a secure tackler. You got to have your eyes in the right place. If you're playing, I think, more the free safety role that we're looking for, assuming Whitehead is back and assuming Joyner isn't, you got to have someone with that range deep, with good eyes that doesn't let anything get behind them. That's all important, too. I'm not trying to discredit that whatsoever. But there were so many times this past season where, quite honestly, it was the Achilles heel of the entire defense for the Jets, where they would get in third and long situations and get exactly what they would want. And then LaMarcus Joyner's isolated on Tyler Boyd and it ends up 25 yards downfield for a first down. Uh, And things like that just can't happen anymore. So looking at guys like Bates, I think he absolutely fits that criteria. He's had some man-to-man skills in his past. He played slot corner at Wake Forest in college, has had some match uh, 
situations in Cincinnati as well, and also has the excellent ability as a deep safety and as a robber coming downhill from deep, trying to rob over the middle. Great ball skills, like I said before. He's the number one guy for a reason. And if he gets out of Cincinnati and isn't franchise tagged again, he's going to hit the open market and he's probably going to be making top of the line, number one at his position, possibly type money. I don't know if the Jets can afford that. After that is a guy you brought up before we were recording, Matt, that I wasn't even didn't even realize was an undrafted free agent. That's Chauncey Gardner Johnson in Philadelphia. Go ahead and tell us about him, because you seem to have your your thumb on his uh on his forehead a lot more than I did. So fill us in on CJ, uh, CJJ, CGJ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson uh, was a guy I kind of liked coming out in 2019 from uh, Florida. Uh, I know we, we kind of have a, a thing out for Florida guys, but this guy has turned out a okay. All right. He's played a lot of cornerback, mostly slot uh, before uh, 2022. Uh, but this year, he played a lot more safety, uh, especially a free safety. So I think he had close to almost 450 snaps uh, at free safety, but also about 200 snaps in the box. Uh, he is a ruthless guy back there. He's a ball of energy. He's a gnat. I love the guys that are like gnats. They're just always around you. You're, they're stuck to you. You can't swat them away. They're just coming right back. Uh, he is, uh, I'm definitely a fan of his, uh, he was a giant part of that Eagles Super Bowl team. Um, and I think that he's going to be highly sought after. Uh, I definitely see him in that top tier, uh, at, with Bates and kind of, uh, garnering a lot of, a, a giant sum of money. Uh, so these two guys, Bates, Garner Johnson, they're the cream of the crop. Uh, I know people are going to just automatically like say, oh, get these guys. Uh, but we're going to be in kind of a money crunch here. We, we got to be a little bit uh, more. We got to be smarter with our money. We got to get the guys that we need, but also not break the bank doing it. So when you have the guys like Bates and Garner Johnson uh, with what they've done this year, with what they've done in their larger body of work, uh, you see guys that everybody's going to want, but again, they're going to really want to get paid for what they've earned and they deserve it. So kudos to them. They're going to get it. Uh, but for us, we kind of need to go into a different direction. And that kind of leads us to the next tier. Uh, two guys that I think uh, we really uh, should be looking at uh, are Jimmy Ward and Jordan Poyer. Uh, Jimmy Ward already knows the system. Uh, and this year, I feel like he's kind of been thrown out of sorts and thrown into a position that he didn't even really like very well. I think he was used a lot more in the slot as a cornerback and not as a safety. Uh, and I've, I believe I've seen comments from him saying that he really didn't want to be used in that role anymore. Uh, and uh, well, so, it goes a lot further than that. Um, I don't know if you're you're fully aware, but Jimmy Ward himself, uh, a video that was since deleted, as most videos ends up being before NFL <laughs> media screen records them anyway and makes that irrelevant. Um, he was I believe it was on Instagram live and talking about a situation 
I don't know if it was at the end of the year or in the playoffs, but sometimes towards the end of the season where he goes into Kyle Shanahan's office and he says, coach, I, I don't want to be playing as much slot. I want to be playing more safety. I think I can be better ser- served as a free safety. I think that's where my better position is. And Kyle Shanahan reportedly tells him again, reportedly going off uh, Jimmy Ward's word himself. Kyle Shanahan tells him, OK, well, do you want to ride the bench then? <laughs> And basically tells him, well, you're playing slot whether you like it or not, so you better figure it out. And if you think you're going to decide where I'm going to put you, then so be it. Didn't seem like he was too happy about that. Didn't no. seem like that you know, made him pretty uh, eager to return to San Francisco for another year, on top of the, the fact that they're going to be breaking in another new defensive coordinator. D'Amico Ryans is headed off to Houston to become their head coach. I'm not entirely sure if they've made a hire to replace him already. I imagine they would likely promote internally or find someone that's familiar with the same defense. I don't expect Kyle Shanahan to want to completely change things, but maybe there was a close relationship with D'Amico Ryans, which I seem I, I would imagine most players have with his reputation and his ability as a former player himself. I, I would imagine that him not being there might influence things and the ability to go back to a scheme. Again, he's familiar with, with a coach that he's already familiar with and had a lot of success with in Robert Sala. I mean, we've seen multiple players now leave and want to come back to play for Robert Sala in New York when they had been with him before because of his reputation and because of how respected he was when they were with him before. I think Jimmy Ward's the first name to look at. I mm-hmm. think he's quite honestly, I think he should be target a, because the familiarity is going to make things easy for the few young guys that might be on the roster. If Davis isn't cut, Tony Adams being a second year former undrafted free agent, having another guy that can teach him the system and show him the ropes, I think would be huge. Anybody they might draft in the later rounds potentially to add depth. I think it would help them. Even if Davis does stay, I think he could learn a lot from Jimmy Ward. And in terms of price, I don't think he's going to cost an absolute gigantic amount i think he could be had probably for a similar deal to what whitehead signed for last year uh yeah i could see that uh and going back to something you said before uh about having to need somebody that can cover uh he definitely fits the bill even though he didn't want to play so much corner this year he was still very good at it (laughs) he had probably one of the the best years in terms of yards per reception uh, in his entire career as a slot corner. So it's not like the move to the slot really hurt him that much. Uh, so he, he's definitely a formidable corner. And if you look at the way we kind of went into most of the games last year, uh, as far as the the roster, uh, how it was made up, we would have how many quarterbacks? It would be Sauce, Reed, Eccles, and Carter. And that's it they relied a lot on the safeties to really kind of fill the depth. Uh, so let's say if there's any kind of a significant injury bug going around in the corner room, having a guy like Ward or Gardner yeah. uh, is tr- adds tremendous value because you can just plug and play and not get any drop off, especially in the slot. I can definitely see them if Eccles and one of the starters goes down, they would move Carter out there. And then they could just slip Ward right in, and they wouldn't miss a beat. And one of the biggest things from last year is missed tackles, uh, especially in the middle of the field with the safeties and the linebackers. Uh, and Ward, he's got one of the lowest missed tackle rates uh, uh, I've seen at, at first safety. He's 
He's got a 4.9 career missed tackle rate. Uh, that's very impressive. So when it comes to reliable guys that you can just plug and play in multiple places, Ward is the guy. Yeah, I really think so. I, I really think that if I was a betting man and I had to put money down on which free agent safety the Jets might sign, if they sign any of them, I think it would be Jimmy Ward. I just think it makes too much sense with the familiarity. It makes too much sense with the need. The price isn't going to be, you know, egregious to where I think it can be doable as well. You know, it just makes too much sense to, to not be a, an expected option. Let's rattle off some of the other options as well, because there are some other guys down the list. Like we've said, this is such a deep position in free agency behind guys like Jimmy Ward. You have Jordan Poyer in Buffalo, who's been an excellent player there for a long, long time. Seems like from what he's been hinting when the money with Buffalo and everything else that he may be looking to hit the open market might command more than a Jimmy Ward or, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody else down the line. But I also think that he's proven to be a better player over the last handful of years. And so you're getting what you pay for. And he absolutely could fit the scheme. I don't think he's had as much of a career in man to man, but I do think he has had some of it, especially as a match defender. And I think as a free safety, he would absolutely fit 110% really help out with the communication and instincts on that back end. After that, you got guys like Von Bell in Cincinnati, who's more of a box safety, but still has some experience in coverage, isn't a slouch in coverage by any means, would certainly help without missing tackles. has been a very secure tackler throughout his career. Eric Rowe in Miami. Another guy who's over 30, but has a lot of experience, especially playing man-to-man. The Dolphins have played a ton of man coverage over the last handful of years, and Eric Rowe has been a part of that. And then a couple of guys down the list where the familiarity aspect comes into play. And the first guy I want to mention, Matt, that we were going through this list and we brought up that really kind of stunned me was Demonte KZ, who's currently in Pittsburgh. The history that he has with this system is extensive. He spent most of his career from 2017 through 2020 uh, to, through 2020 in Atlanta. That was under Dan Quinn, who is another Seattle scheme disciple and also and somebody by played, Ulbrich. you know, and somebody by the name of Jeff Ulbrich that was also there as well. The Jets current defensive coordinator on he goes and spends a year in Dallas in 2021 again, following Quinn playing that same sort of role and now he's in spent a year in Pittsburgh. I don't think he's going to be expensive whatsoever. And I think that what you would be getting in KZ for the price and with the ability like Jimmy Ward to come in and walk in day one and already know the defense and already know what he's doing and know his role and be able to execute it well. You know, I really think that that could be a really solid option. He's going to turn 30 in June. So again, not super, super young, but not egregiously old. And I think He's a guy that could be had for even less than Jimmy Ward and might be close to a service level replacement if that were to be the case. Then you got guys like Tashawn Gibson, uh, who uh, has also has a lot of experience uh, in the system. He's coming from the 49ers himself. Uh, some other names, uh, we just rattle them off. Let's see, Carl Joseph for the Steelers. Uh, you have... Uh, let's see, Landon Collins and the Giants, Tony Jefferson also from the Giants, uh, uh, Jabril Peppers who coming from the Patriots uh, and, and also the Browns, uh, Logan Ryan on the Buccaneers. Did we say Keanu Re- uh, Neal yet? I don't think we did. That's another Keanu one Neal. with you know another a one. good familiarity with this defense. And the the one guy you know on top of that that I want to highlight, Sean Gibson. 
was somebody that I wasn't even, you didn't even realize was still in the NFL before we started looking up and researching for this episode. But a guy again, that has experience in the defense was in Jacksonville in 2017 with Robert Sala, when he was an assistant under Gus Bradley and was on that Jack's defense that went all the way to the AFC championship game, played a lot of free safety, had some times playing man to man as well. You know, there's, there is so many options here. It's it's ridiculous. And it kind of is just staring everyone in the face at this point that the Jets can absolutely 110 percent sign a veteran safety and free agency without breaking the bank and still get a pretty solid player as a result. Oh, absolutely. And I actually probably wouldn't be opposed to getting maybe two guys. Right. I mean, there's a lot of guys here on the, the, the market is kind of flush. So there's going to be this is this is kind of a buyer's market in terms of it really is so i think we can maybe get two solid guys uh on the cheap uh maybe a jimmy ward and somebody maybe a little older like deshaun gibson just have the 49ers safeties as our jimmy ward and keanu neal or keanu neal Uh, and you can pair you can make a bunch of pairings here and it makes a lot of sense uh so, yeah, th- this is kind of the way we should probably be looking. Uh, that's not to say that we can't add depth in the draft, but really, this is this is really the smart play. You, you go to where the strengths are, whether it's the draft or a free agency. If you have a strong free agent class of, of safeties, then that is where you should really put your focus in the position. Uh, otherwise, you're just forcing things. Uh and that's not to say that the the safety class in the draft is a horrible one, uh, but I don't think it's incredibly strong. I would definitely say the strength of free agency uh, in free agency is a lot stronger. Uh, so don't don't force it. Don't don't. It doesn't need to be such a hard thing. Just just go with the flow. And the flow is saying, look at the 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 free agents. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I really think this is going to be a situation where what the Jets end up doing is not going to be the most blow your doors off amazing, you know, fire off the fireworks sort of big bang deal that they're signing. But it's going to be really smart. It's going to make a lot of sense. And you're going to have fans that that aren't as familiar going, oh, this is terrible. They're going to safeties are going to be awful. They didn't invest. They didn't, you know, seriously try and fix anything. And then you're going to get to the season and things are going to be a lot better. And I'm I'm confident that they can find some quality players in free agency to fill this void. We have to talk about the draft picks though. And I think this is where we need to make our case very early officially where we stand. We've had, you know, multiple times of debates in the draft. We're going to get on our point and make it clear how we feel very, very early. And that way we can stick to it and, and work to craft the best situation for how we see fit. You laid it out, Matt. I don't think there's any reason to draft a safety high this year. I I really don't. I I just the players that are available as for the couple of them that are at the top of the class that are pretty good. I don't think any of them are absolutely game breaking. And I don't think any of them, quite honestly, I don't have anyone in this class rated higher than I had Lewis seen rated last year. No, I don't either. There they would be at least the number one safeties in this class for me would be at least safety three last year. And I wanted Lewis seen at 26, not 13. Or, or, you know, somewhere in the middle of the first round. So starting with the Jets first round pick, we're both in, in lockstep, Matt. It should be offensive tackle. But in the event that it isn't and the event that they do look to add a safety, I really think there's only one name to talk about. And that's Brian Branch at Alabama. 
who's pretty much widely regarded the top consensus safety right now. I haven't gotten through my final official grades to sit down and, and numerically assign a grade to each player. I'm not sure if he's going to be my top safety. I think he's going to be at least in the top three and likely in the top two. But I still think Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M has my top spot. And that's, that's a guy we talked about all the way back in November on the bye week when we were looking ahead to this draft class. It seems mm-hmm. like just yesterday and now it's already here that we're getting ready for the combine. I still think Johnson might be my one, but Branch is right up behind him. And the thing with Branch in particular, where we have to be very self-aware about what things are and be very truthful in the fact that Brian Branch would be an absolute perfect fit for the Jets for what they need. He would. I'm not going to sit here and deny that whatsoever, that for the free safety role that they're looking for, for a guy that can play deep, that can rob over the middle and that can match up and man to man on third down from off alignments. That's Brian Branch. Like that's you. You just described Brian Branch completely and totally perfectly outside of him. I don't know if there's anyone even close to being worth that pick. And I don't even know if Brian Branch is even worth that pick. So looking at Branch as a player, what do I like? What do I dislike? Why do I not feel he is quite that value and that high in the first round? I really, really like his instincts. It's obvious that he studies tape. He's very smart. He's very aware. His click and close ability is awesome. When he has a guess of what's happening and he takes an early jump, he's usually right and not wrong. I love that. I love his ability on contact when the ball is in the air, when he's coming downhill. There'll be a couple of times when he's meeting a receiver over the middle and he puts a lick on him, absolutely lights him up. It was just, you know, Sports Center top 10 highlight hit. Got to love that as well. His ability to match up with receivers down the field, I think, is pretty good. I do think it could be better, and I think it might be a little overrated for, quite honestly, where he's being regarded and viewed at right now. But it's absolutely there, and the talent is absolutely there. The feet are there. The quick hips are there. The eyes are there. He has all the physical tools you could want. My issue is that I think he's too passive. And when you're a safety, you are the last line of defense. And when you are the guy going to make the last tackle, you have to make sure that guys go down. And if there's one guy that needs to beat a block to save a touchdown or save a big play, and you're that guy as the safety coming from depth, you can't be passive waiting to take that block on. You can't be passive waiting to come downhill and and take away space for that ball carrier. And I just feel like with Branch in particular, He's so calculated and he's so smart and he's instinctual and and he's, you know, very cerebral in how he plays. And it sometimes just gets him a little caught out of position and it gets him to be a little hesitant because he's always got to, you know, make sure I'm doing things exactly the right play. And I'm trying so hard not to overrun the play that I end up not running it at all. And, And that's kind of a huge issue for me, especially directly compared to a guy like Johnson. For anyone that remembers that episode in November, Johnson's a bat out of hell. He gives no craps about his body at all. It does not matter what the situation is. They're going to throw a bubble screen to the flat and he's going to take on a wide receiver and throw that block. Well, then he's throwing the wide receiver into the dirt on his way to do it. And if he's diving on the ground and he gets knocked over, then he's going to leap and dive from the ground at the ankles of the receiver who caught the ball. And there's just a a recklessness in the best way possible with Johnson that I love. At the same time, it can lead to some missed tackles. And with Brian Branch, when he gets to the ball carrier, he doesn't miss. And that's a positive. That is absolutely and totally a positive. So overall, you know, you're getting a a really good safety here. You're getting a guy that would fit 110%. And I genuinely don't think trying to look at things objectively, if the Jets were to take Brian Branch at 13, do I think it would be a bad pick? 
it, I wouldn't give it an A, but I don't think mm. Branch would fail. I don't think Branch would be a bad player, but I'm giving that Dre to C because I don't have him ranked that highly. I don't think the safety class overall is, is that talented. And I think that they would have much better and pressing needs that are more important to take at 13. And I don't think Brian Branch lasts till 43. So as perfect as I think this guy would be for the defense, I just don't think that he is. I just don't think he's worth the 13th pick. And especially not with this free agent class. I just don't see any reason to invest a high pick into safety. No, I completely agree. Uh, now, if we trade back, I think that's a different story. Uh, if, especially Agreed. if we fall into the, the later half of the of the first round, uh, then I start to the, to really think about it. Um, I still think tackle is has good value there as well, and is oh yeah, tackles just as the tackle class as we've said before, Matt might be the most loaded in this entire draft. Oh, absolutely. and so it's a situation where if you're going, do you trade down from 13 because no tackles are available? I would be stunned if there's no tackles left, because I'm going to have five tackles with first round grades at least. At so least. if, if five offensive tackles go in the first 13 picks, then, then I don't know what to tell you, but I think the <laughs> jets will have a quality player available at 13 to where they won't have to think about trading down. I agree. Uh, and that's probably the route they're going to take. And as we said, the strength is really in free agency for safeties. So I don't expect them to really go into the draft needing a starter. Uh, so really wasting the 13th pick on branch uh, would kind of maybe irk me the wrong way unless they really wanted to play him more in the slot. But then that would irk me because I really like Michael Carter in the slot. Uh, but he, he, he's got experience at all three positions. And branch uh, is better in coverage or, as a safety than in the slot. He, he was that's, for sure. That's a point that I think needs to be be addressed and this is something i wish not to cut you off but it's something that i wish to address with branch before his versatility is a plus he plays all over the defense he plays in the box he plays deep he plays slot he plays in linebacker alignments he plays like a big nickel where he's an overhang you know he plays all over and if you're gonna be doing that much for nick saban you've got to be smart you've got to be able to be trusted you don't just earn the right to play all over the field in nick saban's defense that speaks to his intelligence and it speaks to his character and it's absolutely a plus but just because you can do a lot doesn't mean you're as good at everything as you are in other roles. And I feel like when he's covering tight ends in man-to-man or he's covering guys, you know, run, taking a running back out of the backfield or something like that, it's absolute lockdown. But when he gets out into the wide slot and he's got a lot of ground to cover with a two-way go, uh, he's he's had some trouble and it makes me a little worried about it makes me a little worried for the future about having this guy and going, Oh, he can be a slot corner for us too. I just don't know if I'd want him being a full-time corner. No, definitely not. I, I, I don't see that as being a full-time position for him. Uh, the one thing you, you touched on before was his ability to be a reliable tackler. Uh, I think he's got probably the lowest missed tackle rate uh, in, in this class at 2.3. He didn't have a single missed tackle in, in 2021. Uh, so that just speaks to how reliable he is. I was just talking about Ward before and how reliable he was. Uh, and again, I, I, I can't stress it enough how much of, of a strain it was on us last year with all the missed tackles that we had. So to have a calculated and efficient presence like Branch in our defense whether it's in as safety or in the slot, 
uh, it would be welcomed for sure. Uh, but again, at 13, no, it's a little too rich for me. Uh, I, I would definitely think more if, if we trade back, but I, I just don't see it. Uh, I don't think it makes any sense. It's even uh, like, again, if we go the free agency route, it's, it's a no for me. Yeah, I agree. I really agree. And again, Brian Branch, Branch is a really good player. I'm not trying to, to, to discredit him whatsoever. I, I do think that he would be a very, very good fit on the Jets. I think that he would work well in our defense. I think he has the right attitude, you know, all of that. I don't think that Brian Branch would fail, but I don't think Brian Branch would be the best move they could make. And I think it really is that simple. Matt, let's talk about the other guy we have down the list that you're a big, uh, big fan of at Houston, because this is where I think the Jets might actually target the position. I think it makes a lot of logical sense for them to go and get the veteran and then look for depth in the later rounds, especially if they end up cutting Ashton Davis. They're going to need somebody else there to fill in as a depth piece. So tell us about Owens at Houston. Yeah, so Gavarius Owens of Houston. Uh you, you won't find him on many draft boards. You won't hear a lot of draft people talking about him. Uh, but he's a guy that really, really caught my eye. He flashed a lot when I when I watched him. Uh, as we said, maybe we go the free agency route and get our starters. But if we do that, these are probably going to be guys on short-term contracts uh, or maybe even just one-year contracts. So we kind of need to build our depth uh, behind them, maybe guys that could develop into the starters. Uh, we know that uh, Adams and Parks aren't there yet, but maybe they'll develop as well. But why not bring in another guy like Owens? Owens is another guy that can play the slot. He can play. Uh, he can play free safety. He can play in the box. He's a gnat, just like Ward. Uh, he's always around the ball. Uh, he he's got great speed. He his click and close ability uh, goes hand in hand with his field vision and instincts uh, to really just make him really, really a, a weapon, uh, especially in coverage. Uh, I, I love what he brings to the table. Uh, I, it's not going to cost us a lot to get him. I think he's more in the fifth or sixth round conversation. Uh, I have him ranked a little higher in the in the fourth round. Uh, but that's just because he's just impressed me so much. Do I think he'll go in the fourth round? No, I think he'll go a little later. Uh, so that's kind of where I think we should be looking uh, for a safety in the draft is a little bit later in the fifth or sixth round where we can grab a guy like Owens who will probably need a year or two to really find his footing in the NFL with NFL speed. Uh, but his talent is still there under the surface, just waiting to be unleashed. And I think that our defense, uh, especially for him, is the right defense to unleash it. Uh, he's got all the skills that you can ask for. Uh, we just got to give him a chance. Yeah, I think he would be a really good fit. You know, I really, really do. And anytime, like we, we're going to keep saying, guys that can match up in man-to-man, guys that can play zone, and guys that are secure tacklers, those are what the Jets are going to look for at the position. They're going to look for guys. And on top of that, they're going to look for guys with no fear. I think that's a, an overarching number one, you know, trait for any Jets defender, let alone safety. You got to be fearless and you got to be willing to sacrifice your body and go full force every play and, and dominate the opposition. So where that offense doesn't want to play you anymore, come the fourth quarter, 
And as Robert Sala likes to say all the time, when when they're tired, when they're beaten, when when they're down, we're going to get into the fourth quarter. And that's when we find our last 60 percent to come pull out and, and we're going to take over and we're going to be the team that can can outlast you. And we're just going to hit you with body blow after body blow after body blow. You can't be passive. And it doesn't seem like Owens has that in him as well. On top of the coverage skills and the ability to be a secure tackler, there's absolutely a lot to like. And for not a super high acquisition cost whatsoever, I think that's also a plus. We've seen the Jets have no issue taking late round picks and if they can perform well enough playing on their defense. Michael Carter started on the outside or in the slot as a fifth round rookie. They had an established slot corner at the time in Javelin Gidry, who was pretty good as an undrafted free agent the year before. And Carter took his job and never looked back. You know, we've seen. Guys like Michael Clemens is a fourth round pick come in and play significant snaps this year on the defensive line because he was good enough to do it. So if if Owens can do the same thing, I think he absolutely could have a role. And having two guys in Tony Adams and Garvarius Owens to develop behind the veterans that you already have, I think that just buys you more time for the future and allows you to start setting up the pipeline because eventually whoever they sign to be joiners replacement at free safety likely is going to be on the older side and isn't going to be here for that long. And if Whitehead doesn't, you know, completely and dramatically seriously improve, then I think they might be looking for another guy after him soon. So having guys in the wings that can step in is going to be huge. And it's going to be even more important if, and when the jets add an expensive veteran quarterback. Absolutely. And my only knock on Owens is that he maybe isn't that uh, secure of a tackler. Uh, he had a career 15.1 career missed tackle rate. Uh, but I attribute that mostly to being to how aggressive he is. He's the kind of guy that is a bad out of hell. He's very good at disengaging from blocks, uh, and really coming downhill and to try to make a tackle. Uh, but a lot of those tackles, uh, he's putting his head down and he's missing, or he's just out of position, running himself out of position, or just running him into a, a, a place where he's just not going to be at the, the he's not in the best place to make the tackle. So he, he can work on that for sure. But you know what? I would rather a guy be more aggressive than passive. Yes. Uh, so, you know what? I think that he, he'll settle down uh, with a little bit more coaching uh, and, and that will all find its place. And in the end, it'll all combine to be a great safety. Yeah, that's that's an absolutely great point. And that's really kind of where I want to end. You can teach guys to be a little more passive and be a little more calculated. You can't teach them to have killer instincts. They either have it or they don't. They're either reckless and they're willing to sacrifice their body and they're willing to go all out or they're not. And, And it's it's really a thing for me, especially for this system and especially for Robert Sala and the type of coach that he is and and what he preaches and what this defense is all about. That's that's a requirement for me. It's absolutely and totally a requirement. I don't think you can play in this defense without being somewhat crazy. I think you have to have a little bit of psychopath to you. And even if it takes some ironing in, you know, I I think the Jets love Jordan Whitehead more than maybe fans realize. And I think it's because of that recklessness and because of that mentality and that if I'm coming downhill and I have to set the edge, then I'm going to run into the tight end full speed and he's going to have to take me on. It's not going to be any passive or or a clean little stack and shed or I'm going to dip under him. It's no, I have to set the edge. Okay, then I'm knocking this tight end out. And, and that is that mentality. Like, again, I'm going to say it. You can't teach it. So it's I'm going to look for guys that when everything looks right and they make the hit, the guy goes down. That's great. If they're being aggressive, I think you can fix that. I think that's coachable. And 
And especially for a guy that's going to be a mid-round pick that isn't going to be expected to start year one, I think that's absolutely something that you can work on in practice. Uh, but I don't the conver- directly comparing to a guy like Brian Branch. I don't know if you can ever teach Brian Branch to take on blocks the way a guy like an Owens or an Antonio Johnson does. No, you can't. And yeah, I, we've we've talked about wanting dogs for this defense, uh, and there are two plays that are very similar uh, that I saw from Owens, where he where I saw that dog, where he would be. Uh, out and on near outside the numbers uh, on the opposite side of the field. And there's a play running uh, free all the way on the other side. And he's just turns and runs at full speed and will make the play all the way downfield opposite of him. Uh, the, the amount of, 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 uh, of, of, of the a motor that he needs to have to really just turn it on and, and track down ball carriers like that. And to see it more than once is something that really stuck with me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That the effort and the attitude and the technique and the motor, those are all hugely, hugely important for this defense. And it seems like he fits like a glove. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, we're going to continue on with our position previews next week. Still up in the air on what the position is going to be, so you'll just have to tune in for the surprise. As always, you can follow the show at OKD Podcast. Matt, you know the drill. Uh, Matt, you can find me at Zazzy Jets. And you can find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17. Thank you guys one more time for listening in, and we'll be back real, real soon. Bye-bye.